what I think is uh, really powerful about writing down how you want to feel around sex uh, is first off, it forces you to actually think about it, mm-hmm. you know, and it changes the it changes the way we uh, look at it. Like if this is how we, you know, there there's innately sex, sex is pleasurable mm-hmm. or it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, pleasure is defined different ways, of course. But, uh, you know, we are supposed to, in, you know, enjoy it and it's supposed to be a pleasurable thing. So how do you actually want to feel specifically? And then that will force you to get clear about what you want. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Be It Till You See interview recap, where my co-host in life, Brad, and I are going to dig into the open convo I had with Celeste Holbrook in our last episode. If you haven't yet listened to that episode, feel free to pause this now, go back and listen to that one, and then come back and join us or listen to this one. But here's the deal. Y'all got to listen to that episode. You have to go back and you listen to it. There's no choice. If you haven't yet listened to that episode, you have to. One of my, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I have favorites, but one of my favorites. Yeah, it just was I, pretty I, powerful. I, it's really powerful. And it's also not a conversation people have enough. And we have to have her back, like have to have her back because we didn't even talk about bodies yet. Like there's just so much to talk about. Sure. So. Celeste, if you're listening, let's talk. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I am days away from being on a Level Up Movement, my friend Eric Quest's uh, platform to teach my workshop, Talk Less, Teach More, which means we are just a couple weeks away, not even two, I think, of our second, our Wealthy Mindset 2.0, which is a four-week program for teachers and fitness um, um, professionals where we are going to help you go from failure to flow. And there's so much science on flow states. And like, we all know that failure is not actually failure, but like, it's hard to, you can know it, but then do you know it? So, um, you'll want to join us. Uh, we'll start on April 8th with that. So it is, um, all over at the level up movement.com, which is just level up movement.com. Don't put the dot there that I made that up. <laughs> yeah. Level up MVMT.com. Mm-hmm. Right. MVMT. Hey, hey, everyone. Erica Quest here. We are super excited. We're bringing back the Wealthy Mindset, Leslie and my annual coaching program. And this year's theme is from failure to flow. We can't wait to have you. And Les, what are we up to? So with four pillars of content that your movement, your coaching, and the community is all wrapped around is character, consistency, construct, and courage. And I cannot wait to move you through these pillars. And I know Erica can't wait to coach you through them as well. It's going to be incredible. April 10th through May the 7th, we cannot wait to move with you, grow your business, shift your mindset, and take you from failure to flow. Where do we grab our ticket? Levelupmovement.com. So levelupmovement.com mvmt.com is where you're going to go grab your spot and get ready for this amazing four weeks of Erica and I live with you along the way. Okay. What is the question that we have this week? Okay. So LL, 
You mentioned you were a runner. Well, how, how often do you run and how far are you running? Okay. So, um, um, I, um, was a runner. I've been, I've been a runner in like many different stages of my life. So I was a runner in high school and then I retired, but then I came out of retirement. Um, to, you retired after high school. Yeah. You were like, I retired in, high I'm school. hanging up my shoes. Yeah. I'm I good. Did. I retired in <laughs> high school. <laughs> were you like in 10th grade? Like, Oh, I've retired junior high, junior year, junior year, not junior high, junior year. Um, no, I just had a lot going on for my senior year. And like, if y'all don't know, I like, I had to pay, I had to make money. So I had to work. And so I couldn't actually be on a team and work. So I, um, I had, I had, I didn't like my coach. So I was like, you know, I'm just not going to run. And then I went to college and they found out I was a runner and they're like, Oh, do you want to run? And I was like, what's the scholarship? And I was like, that is not even nearly enough money to make me want to run for you. So I would run for myself, but it wasn't until I think 2011 that I actually got back into running again. And I was really good at it actually. Mm. And that's because of Pilates. Um, it really is. And, um, and then also had a couple of good running coaches, but I, uh, retired from competitive running and I was actually sponsored in 2013 when I broke my, and before I broke my leg. So anyways, I, after I healed from my leg break, I always ran three ish miles every single morning or four mornings a week when we're in LA around UCLA. And then we moved here and that stopped because it was hot. It was, it was fire. That's the temperature here, <laughs> fire in the summertime. So like I, so on a scale from one to fire, yeah. how hot is it in Vegas? It's fire. Oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so I actually basically stopped running, um, when we moved here and that was like one of my favorite things to do. Anyways, once it gets colder, I actually do pick up running and I only run probably two miles now. Um, the, the honest truth is ladies, we don't actually need as much cardio as we do. And so I, mm. I, tr I'm trying more as I'm, 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 I'm 39. So like I'm approaching the, the years where like menopause is a thing that Does I'm going to have to, I'm 39. It means you're almost 40. What the yeah, that's what that means. So, um, he like literally is almost 40. So I, at any rate, I'm just for me, I am trying to be conscious of like, why am I running? What is the purpose of this? And like, how does this help me like ease on through to the other side of what will be menopause someday? And it, people don't make it sound fun. So at any rate, I work on strengthening. So I'll, if you're, the question is half my run, I run four days a week, a couple of miles. And, um, that's all I do now. Do I miss it? There are days when I think, you know what, I'm going to do a half marathon again. And then I remember that I have to run a half marathon. And <sighs> to be honest, like I have so many other things I like to do. And so if you don't like running, know that there are other things you can do to get your heart rate up. You can get your heart rate up doing Pilates. Like if you do Pilates with my classes, you'll get your heart rate up. Yeah. But if you like even in 15 minutes. Yeah. You will, you really will. Like you, like when you do a class with me on OPC, I will get your heart rate up yeah. and it's the kind of heart rate that like goes up and down, up and down, which is really good for training your heart for those same kinds of things, as opposed to just like keeping it up the whole time. Um, but if you don't like running, don't run. If you like it, go do it. I mean, running groups are so much fun. You can make really great friends doing it. 
I just got there's an epic community of runners here in Vegas and we see them outside the gym when we go Mm -hmm. and they they meet up on the mornings and Mm -hmm. and they run and they have like three groups. They have like really fast people. Then they have regular people Then they have walker like people bring their dogs. They wear tutus like it's a whole thing. So like (laughs) if you are if you do like running and you're wanting new friends or to be around positive vibe people check out running groups. Um, But um, yeah. I, I am, I know that my running days are coming to a near end because it's starting to heat up in the mornings and I just won't do it. I won't run in the, I won't run in time. You mean this year? Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I, yeah. I take the summer off. Yeah. She, I just, I just found out that she's been running since November. Yeah. He doesn't that even, even know. I like no I was mentioning it and he goes, you run. And I was like, oh yeah. In the morning. Cause Where I thought me? you stopped. Right. Cause I stopped for the, I stopped for the fire season. Yeah. For the fire. <laughs> You stop for fire. Yeah. And now you run for non fire. I run yeah. during the, I run during the, you run um, for snow. Run for the, I run what's cold. Okay. You want to hear something hilarious? Yes. Okay. This is what I run in. I have this like puffer coat that goes to your knees. It's not my Canada goose nine one, nice one. It's like, but it's like one of those down. Oh, yeah. Puffer coats mm-hmm. that everyone wears. It's black. It's like the puffy thing. It goes down to my knees. I wear that to run in. So I run in like, even in shorts sometimes with it on and I run, <laughs> I run two miles in it and I get really hot and then I oh can, and then I walk like the last mile home <laughs> and I am in a perfect temperature state, but like, yes, I'm not running in running clothes. Yeah. I'm running in a puffer coat. You look like a soccer mom running two miles. I think I look like a homeless person, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's okay. Um, because here's what I don't want to do. I really don't want to invest in running gear. I don't want to buy another running jacket. I don't want any of those things. And I like it because it goes all the way up to my face. So it keeps my neck and my cheeks warm and all that stuff. And so anyways, you know, it's me. If you're like, is she running from something? No, (laughs) she's not. She's just running, just running. But I do look like I might be running from something (laughs) because of the outfit that I'm wearing. That is amazing. All right. As you know, you cannot fit you in around everything else. Instead, I have my students schedule their life around their Pilates. I want to give you a free 30-minute Pilates workout. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash beitpod. Again, onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. And let me help you make time for you. At OPC, our 30-minute workouts help you do life better. Well, let's talk about Dr. Mm-hmm. Celeste Holbrook. Yeah. Uh, Celeste is a sex educator, speaker, author, and proud mom uh, of twins. Uh, she's very excited about that. Uh, she's on a mission uh, uh, to provide safe spaces for individuals to talk about sex so that they can grow confident uh, confidence roots that sprout into other parts of their lives. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, so. One of the things that I wanted to bring her on was I was telling her I um before we started recording and then we brought it up when we were recording like I just feel that a lot of that a lot that something that holds women back is their ability to be confident in the bedroom, feel sexy, feel like they can ask for what they want. I know nothing about this stuff. I <laughs> this is not my area of expertise and she had said, you know, like if you are able to ask for what you want in your most vulnerable spaces such as when you're naked and having sex, then you can ask for a raise at work. Then you can do things like basically like 
just being in that position is very vulnerable. And if you can actually say, this is what I'd like to do right now. This is how I'd like to feel right now. This is what I want. Then can you imagine like when the waiter is like, Hey, would you like this? You'd be like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Like, you're not going to like, go, I don't know. Is it okay if I can have it with like the dressing on the side? Like you're, <laughs> you're just going to start realizing that like you can ask for what you want in other areas because in no way are any of those other areas as vulnerable as the one you were in right. when you were in the bedroom. So, or wherever you're having sex, like you can have it wherever you want. I guess we probably should have said at the beginning of this episode, if your kids oh. are with you, this is probably the time to now put your AirPods in. <laughs> Oops. Yep. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to add that in on, on that. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So, um, anyways, learning the tools and skill sets to communicate in sex grows roots into other areas of your life. And I really, really, really want, um, if, if this at all intrigued you, if you're like, I don't know, maybe it made you feel uncomfortable. Maybe you felt like, I don't that like also curious. Um, please follow her on Instagram because her reels will make you laugh even though they have dildos in them or other things that she's showing. And, and that's her mission. And I think if you can laugh, like comedy makes things a little bit more comfortable. Sure. Yeah. What did you like? Well, I, I, speaking about that, like intro, uh, of like, are your kids in the room kind of a thing? Uh, she said something very powerful at the end. She said, we make shame by being ashamed. Uh, and, Part of her mission is to normalize the conversation about sex. And she was specifically talking about her kids. Mm -hmm. And she said, look, I still get a little weird about it with my kids. This isn't like, you know, everything is like fair game now. I might as well just talk about it all. Um, I don't think that's what she means by that. But she was talking about uh, how does she, how does sex become normal uh, in just like, like, well, actually, what she said, she said something else that is very applicable. She said, we watch, um, you know, YouTube for like cooking shows or mm -hmm. we watch TV for cooking shows. Right. Or, you know, how do you chop down a tree or how do you like whatever, like plant, you know, a cactus garden. But we we don't watch. There's nothing that is like that for sex no. except for, you know, performative sex. Yeah. You know, so porn obviously is what she's talking about. She didn't say that. Uh, but you know, so the, the only, um, you know, or actually it's not even just that it could just be movies. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, the way it's portrayed in film. Oh my gosh. In the movies, everybody is having morning sex and I'm like, but don't you need to brush your teeth? Like, no, <laughs> seriously, like that's true. that breath is not going to be good. That <laughs> is not going to be a fun kiss. And then also like, no, don't go down there. I've been sleeping and this whole time I sweat when I sleep, like there's nothing Nothing. So you watch things in movies and you're like, oh, I can't do that. And so there's something wrong with me because I am, I have to brush my teeth. Like, you know, so it's this weird thing. Right. It, we, we blame ourselves. Uh, but back to, you know, normalizing the conversation and talking about kids, um, you know, she, uh, she's been, you know, she is a sex educator, right? So she actually has dildos in her office, right? And so she said her daughter came by the other day and said, are you talking about penis anatomy, mommy? You know, like that to me is a little jaw dropping, but also how like refreshing because it's not this weird taboo. Like, I'm so excited for her children and then like the other people around her, because also like you're correct. It's not this weird taboo thing yeah, that I mean, you I, like go through life, hiding, sneaking, trying to figure out and yeah. probably not going to figure like. Anyways, it's just going to create a lot of shit. Well, it brings back a lot of terrible 
memories for me about like, you know, the only thing I was taught about sex was no, don't have it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah. You know, and, and like, you know, my parents sat me down and had the sex conversation, but it was literally like, did they? Yeah, yeah, I was probably like 12 and I I'm pretty sure my grandmother was involved. Oh my god. Um but uh but it was basically it my was Graham Harinkovich? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That, she, that, but she would have been like a nice comic relief there. I, I mean, like. I was 12, so it was awkward. But <laughs> you know, the 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 reality is, you know, the, what I took away from all of that was aside from just the, you know, anatomy, uh was don't fucking have sex. Like that was like basically they couldn't have hammered that home more and yeah, I was told if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant like everyone. And then anytime any girl got pregnant the first time she had sex, they made sure that I heard the story or worse. Like if a person got like AIDS from having sex the first time, like it was right. like all it's like about it's like the, the this is your brain on drugs. Yes. Kind of stuff. Yes. You know, like crackling in the pan, you know, and, and I think that like it creates this incredibly uh, fear based, uh, you know, it well, creates anxiety. Like, you know, then all of a sudden, like, it's so dumb to me because she experienced this too. When she said, you know, it's literally why she became what she became because yes. all of the messages she was given literally caused her to not be able, like her body was like, no, like it made me just think of fortune themes. They're like, I we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she said, she said that, you know, uh, she was told don't have sex, don't have sex. So she didn't have penetrative sex until she was married, right? And that to me is what is the weird thing. It's like the whole time we're like, no, 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 no. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is taboo, this is taboo. And then all of a sudden it's like, now it's fine. And it's like, well, it's, it doesn't work like that. It's like, all the things you don't that just we, like switch it suddenly. I know, but we tell kids all the time, don't talk to strangers and then go get candy from a stranger. Don't, don't let, don't let men touch you. Go sit on that man's lap. Like no, what, like, <sighs> you know, like with Santa Claus and Halloween, like we do this all the time, but like, it's not, it's actually not great. And especially on this level, it's, it, you're going to spend most of your adult, like most of the life you have is at a, an age where you could totally be having sex and like, and it can be something that's really pleasurable. And we actually put a, it actually, the way we talk about it and the way we raise people Look at how many people get divorced. Look at how many people are not feeling fulfilled. Look at how many people feel ashamed. Can't or communicate, communicate. Like any of that stuff. Yeah. Totally. Or, and then there's all these other things. It's like, it's, you know, it, it's, I don't know if it's a simple thing, but like, it's very simple. If we actually just stop creating shame around something, yeah. we would stop being ashamed and we'd have a normal conversation about it. Yeah. Anyways, you, uh, FYI, Brad and I were... <laughs> He's very religious. If you haven't figured that out. And, and I want to say if you were as well, Celeste is an amazing person to reach out to. She, yeah, just uh, to say that clearly we were, we were raised very religious. Yeah. 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 And, and she works specifically with people who were raised in that purity culture. Yeah. And she really does have, it's not like, you know, like it, it's it, it. I love the, the way she has this conversation around it. And I think it's really great for those who have been that place. If you are wanting to explore having more confidence in this area. Yeah. All right. Finally, let's talk about the be it action items. What bold, executable, intrinsic or targeted action items can we take away from your combo with Dr. Hallbrook? Well, are you going first? Yeah, I think I will. Uh, she said, write down how you want to feel around sex. Mm -hmm. Get clear on your desires and then talk about it with your partner. And I thought that was so um, refreshing because it it's, you know, we bring a lot of strange 
things to the table when it comes to sex, such as like obligation, right? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, uh, you know, or, or like uh, ju- judgment or performance or, you know, like, you know. Well, there's also just everything that's already in your head about how, how you feel about yourself. So like, you know, it's hard. Like it, if you have, if you as a, I'll just speak for myself because I am a woman. Um, but like, if you don't like how you look or you don't feel like you look good enough, you don't feel sexy enough. You don't feel all these things. Like it's definitely going to make it complicated to have sex. Yeah. So if you can write down how you want to feel around it and you can get clear on that with your partner, by the way, I don't think it's any different for guys. Probably not. You know, like, you know, actually, so there was this amazing, um, inside of, of uh, Brene Brown's book, um, the gifts of perfection. I want to say it's that one, but it might be another one. Forgive me. Anyways, there was this like group thing. And, um, the, this woman was talking about her like cellulite on her legs and, um, and, and she like, was like, no, people won't have sex with me because I have all this cellulite, whatever. And this guy is sitting there. He's like, it's not about the fucking cellulite. We actually don't want to be rejected by you. And we just want to have sex with you too. And we're feeling the exact same way. And it was this, like, he had this like outburst and it was, I remember reading it and crying. Cause I was like, Oh my God, we're all just walking around <laughs> wanting right. the same thing and feeling exactly the same shitty way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and, and so what I, what I think is uh, really powerful about writing down how you want to feel around sex uh, is First off, it forces you to actually think about it, mm-hmm. you know, and it changes the it changes the way we uh, look at it. Like if this is how we, you know, there there's innately sex, sex is pleasurable mm-hmm. or it's supposed to be mm-hmm. right. And, you know, pleasure is defined different ways, of course. But, uh, you know, we are supposed to, in, you know, enjoy it and it's supposed to be a pleasurable thing. So how do you actually want to feel specifically and then that will force you to get clear about what you want and then talk about it with your partner is, I don't think that's normal. Most, I think that most people don't do that. No, no, you know? they just would have sex. And then, and then somebody is left probably feeling like they didn't get what they wanted, but they didn't say what they wanted. I mean, it's, not necessarily, but maybe. like, but you know, may, like there's certainly like a, a, an organic connection yes. and like there's, there's, there's certainly a chance that, that, uh, you know, you are just fulfilling each other, but there's also the chance that you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And also your partner is not a mind reader. And right. I, I know we keep talking about this as guys and girls. I'm so sorry for those of you who, who have same sex sex, like, please, you know, so sorry, like also with your partner there. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just about, it, you know, like fulfilling each other's desires and that creates pleasure. Right. And the, com- the communication part, I think is like the biggest part. Yeah. I mean, always and everything, but, um, I agree. So, um, um, my biggest takeaway that is a dog moaning. That is not one of us. <laughs> I'm just pointing out because it's a particular episode. It could be, <laughs> um, so my biggest takeaway was write down the sexual messages you got growing up and what was their lasting impact. And I, this is really mm. important because, yeah. um, she brought up things that people say to girls growing up. And I had never like, as she's saying them, I was like, oh my God, literally. Yep. that, Yep. 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 Oh, that too. Oh, that too. And, and anyway, like I didn't realize some of the things that I had been told so often through my high school years that were like, not from my parents and not from these people, but like literally was sit home from high school because I didn't wear a tank top 
that was an inch and a half thick. And I got fined at school when I went to a private school because my skirts kept getting too short because I was growing. And that literally made me feel like I am responsible for everyone's freaking feelings all the time. And so like, I just think that if you, um, listen to this episode and she said things that resonate with you, like think back to other things that you were said about what you wore or what you did or how you could be affecting people. And like, I mean, I remember being in college and that was when a judge like said to a woman who was wearing jeans, well, you got raped because you're wearing jeans. And it's like, these are things that, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's in Italy. Um, that doesn't even make any sense. I know. But these are things that these things that are said have a lasting impact. And I mean, they, not just on girls, but but it almost it becomes a permission for guys. One hundred percent nail on the head. So like all and and and, 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 and that is actually just and so I want to talk about it from the guy's perspective. Yeah. Right. Like then it becomes cyclical. Right. Like, oh, I'm uh, so if the girls, you know, spaghetti strap shirt is too thin or whatever. And that could be a turn on for the guys. Then now all of a sudden you're thinking like, oh, that's a turn on for me. Well, it, then then if they're, you know, so if they're not wearing that, then maybe I, then you're not getting turned on. Right. It becomes this weird negative well, thing. And it also becomes this thing like you should you can only be aroused because of other people. Yeah, that's other, a, that's yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah. I'm what I was going. Yeah, yeah exactly. For. OK. Yeah. So and I just was like and it's it's like that is and when she said it herself in another talking point, like responsibility is like like killer of, of like arousal. Of, of, yeah, arousal. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, if women are all walking around because we're like, think that we're responsible for your arousal and you're all walking around thinking, well, they got to arouse me. Then like, right. <laughs> no one's getting aroused. Right. <laughs> like no one is. <laughs> so, um, so I mean, there was just so many things we could talk about. And I, truly hope you listen to this. If you have a partner, just send it to them. Like just like you can just send it to them. Send them the the whole interview. If you're unsure how to start the conversation, just send it. But like, um, there, there's also the talk about sexual resiliency, which is like, as we get older, things change. Like the daily did an episode on their podcast on a Sunday about having sex in your 70s and 80s. And I thought I wonder how that is. And it's actually, there's a lot of things you have to think about. She talked about pain and sex. Uh, like, 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 uh, she talked about, um, effectively like breaking down the story that you, that you grew up with. We talked about that a little bit, writing yeah. that down. Yeah. You know, um, there's just so much yeah. in there. It's um, great. She it's- talked about like points in your life where you have less sex or yeah. points in your life where you have more and that's okay. You know, I just heard Michelle Obama on Oprah. Um, Michelle Obama was talking about like, you know, her and Barack are like working towards like being married for like 40 plus years. Right. And, and she said, you know, like, Oprah asked her something about like hard, hard years in there. And she said, if you were told the beginning of your marriage, you'll be married for 45 years, but eight of them will be awful. Wouldn't you like take those odds rather than like, like be married to someone for eight years and then it gets awful and you quit. And then like, you know, like, and then you go do it again and it gets like, she just, Mm, um, interesting. Yeah. So like, it's, um, there are going to be years of your marriage that are going to be a little bit different. There's going to be years uh, where you're maybe, or not even years or not even like, but there's periods of time and it's about communication and it's about understanding yourself. And if you, if you keep going back to how you want to feel, I think uh, that curiosity is going to help you articulate what you need and at least explore as your body changes and as you get older and as your relationship changes, I think it's just really, really cool. So 
I really hope you enjoyed this. I, I, I also really, really hope that you share it. I know it's weird to share a sex episode. Maybe you're feeling a little weird about that, but like, what if, but like, maybe that's why you should, because right. truly, truly, like if, if everybody had had a different upbringing around this, like imagine where we'd be and where your confidence levels would be and where you're like, like, you know, like, I, I just think that it's, this is an important conversation for us to all have. So I yep. am grateful for her. If you want me to bring her back, you gotta let me know, Yep. share it. And then I'll be like, Oh, we got to have her back. Totally. Right. So anyways, I'm Leslie Logan and I'm Brad Kroll. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so grateful you're here. How are you going to use these tips in your life? Yeah. Let us know by sending us a DM on the pod. See, it's private. You can send a DM <laughs> and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. episode of the be it till you see it podcast one thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast also make sure to introduce yourself over at the be it pod on instagram i would love to know more about you share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it help us and others be it till you see it have an awesome day Be It Till You See It is a production of As the Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.